Welcome to Timeless Truth with Pastor Jim Thomas, a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. For the next couple of weeks, we'll be featuring a few of our favorite previous episodes of the podcast. In October, we'll begin a new book study on the Gospel of Mark. Also, as you're considering your plans for next year, TBC will be embarking on a Journeys of Paul tour, July 7th through 16, 2024. We'll step into history and walk where the Apostle Paul journeyed as we visit Philippi, Athens, Corinth, Ephesus, and many other locations. This tour will bring the scriptures to life with meaningful worship services and Bible studies with Pastor Jim. You can learn more at thevillagechapel.com tour. Now, here's today's study. Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotional. And alongside me today is Pastor T.J. Timms. He's a lead pastor at Emmanuel Church here in Nashville. T.J., how you doing, man? Good to, good to have great. you on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a blast to be here. Well, it's a delight. We, uh, I'll just let the folks know that are, that are listening or watching. We, we got our, our two churches together last week. We had a great time at lunch together, didn't we, buddy? Yeah, that was a, that's the first time we've done anything like that, Jim. Thank you for making it happen. Oh, it was yeah. so great to get everybody together and, and remember that Jesus is doing way more than we can see in Nashville. So, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's right, man. Well, on Fridays, we like to talk about uh, one of your favorite Psalms, because I know you have a you probably have a lot of favorite Psalms like I do, TJ. Um, I wonder just in general. With the book of Psalms, how does it inspire you as a pastor, um, as a as somebody who occasionally teaches these uh, these uh, beautiful ancient songs? How do, how does how, how do you respond to the Psalms yourself? You know, my first sort of foray into the Psalms was at the deepest, darkest moment of my life. Uh, mm-hmm. I had just gone through a severe depression. Uh, was in the midst of that. I wondered, am I ever going to be right again? And God used those four words in Psalm 23. He restores my soul and he implanted them in my heart. And I was able to hope again and believe that God could reach me at that level, at that soulish level that I couldn't touch. I mean, mm-hmm. I knew something has gone amiss there and I can't fix it. And those words came alive to me. They were a promise I hung on to. I couldn't hang on to more than a few words at a time during that, that mm. period of life. And so I come to the Psalms sort of at that level. That's my expectation now, that these Psalms are meant to go right to the soul. And, you know, music, of course, is like that as well. So it's not surprising that, that I, I would have had that kind of encounter there. But yeah, Psalm 23 was my, my doorway in. And, and God has done that through so many other Psalms since then. So I'm always on the lookout for those phrases, you know. <laughs> well, you've chosen uh, Psalm 90 for us to uh, talk about a little bit today, which uh, um, there's a little bit of background on this. This is kind of an interesting Psalm that way, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Please yeah, tell I, us. Now, I take, I take this Psalm to have in view the... Um, well, the failure of the first generation of Israelites to come out of Egypt toward the promised land to, to um, inherit the promised land. Uh, they were disobedient, among many other things, in the wilderness. And God actually said to them, um, you're not going in. I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but it, he, God was very blunt with them. 
that their bodies would die in the wilderness. Mm. And so they, um, they know that. They know how this is going to end. It's not going to end with them and their generation taking the promised land. Mm. And Moses, of course, was the leader of, of, of those Israelites coming out of Egypt. And he, so there he is on a kind of failed mission. And what's he going to do? That's what I love about the psalm because it's so realistic about life in this world. Yeah. Uh, the first half of the psalm um, is basically paying a bit. I mean, life is like a, a breath, you know, it's just mm-hmm. here and gone. It's like a flower that fades. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the second half of the psalm is the kind of flip. So teach us to number our days. And it's mm-hmm. hopeful. So it's, a, it's simultaneously realistic and hopeful. And I, yeah. I need both of those things. Man, I, I think I do. I, I know I do too. And of course, our anybody listening today is this, in the same shoe, set of shoes. This um, uh, this was written, or at least as the superscription says, Moses is the one that wrote this psalm, right? Yes, that's right. A prayer of Moses, yeah. the man of God. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Well, let's let's dig in. Feel free to read uh, whatever portion of it you want. Yes. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Yeah. So. The first two verses, Moses is sort of forecasting. Um, here's the overarching theme. Uh, Prayer of Moses, the man of God, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Mm. Here's what stands out to me about that. Uh, they were on their way to a physical dwelling place. They blew it. And now when Moses wants to turn around and pray, he's reminding uh, well, himself and God, if I can put it that way, of where their real dwelling place is. It's mm-hmm. in him. It's always been in him. And even if they had gone into the promised land, that would still be true. Uh, mm-hmm. So I love the the sort of resiliency of this, of this prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, then it gets really, really blunt. You return man to dust and say, return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They're like a dream, like grass that's renewed in the morning. In the morning, it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening, it fades and withers. Mm. Um, I mean, he's just painting a picture of what life is like in this world because of Mm. sin. And, you know, it sounds a lot like Ecclesiastes, of course. And and it is. I I mean, there's a way of looking at that and it kind of as like a Debbie Downer, you know? Because yeah. it is it's very blunt. But yeah. also, I, I look at that, and that makes sense of the world to me. And that's, there's a comfort in that. Um, you know, like C.S. Lewis says somewhere, I believe in Christianity, as I believe the sun is risen, not just because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. That's right. I mean, there's explanatory power in what Moses just said there. And it makes me yeah, think, think, okay, I'm not crazy. That's great. That correspondence to reality, uh, it's like you said, it it resonates as true because we actually experience it. We were talking before we even signed on here, just getting out the door on any given day can be like you you were telling me it it can be like an explosion of life. And, and, you know, everybody's vying for the bathroom and people trying to get to church on Sunday is the same way, isn't it? Yeah, it's real life. And I and I love the way the scriptures speak to our very real lives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, 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 it reminds me that the Bible is not written for people who are living in a different reality than I am. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, this is reality. It's a blitz. It's a breath. Um, I'm not only suffering because of the consequences of sin, sins that weren't committed by me. I'm also mm-hmm. suffering under the consequences of my own sin. Mm-hmm. Both of those things are true. And of course, if it ended there, then it would just be total despair. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't end there. And that's, I love the flip in the psalm, uh, beginning with verse 12, that okay. little word, so. That's where mm-hmm. um, Moses has just laid out a picture of what life is like. But then he flips the script on God, as, as Moses often does. Um, he takes you know, all, that that's, all that's true and broken, and he flips it around on God mm-hmm. and basically says, so fix it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so that's what he's doing here. He says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, return, O Lord, how long? Mm-hmm. Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. And I, I think what Moses is basically doing here is he's reorienting to ultimate reality. Mm-hmm. Ultimate reality is God's presence rejoicing our hearts and giving us the hope and wisdom to make the best use of the time we have uh, in this yeah. broken world. I mean, that's what I, I can't imagine a life better than that. Yeah. You know, that's so true. Reality goes, of God. And it goes back to that first verse, like you said, our true home is in him. That's where yes. our flourishing life is to be found. Ultimately. Um, I love verse 12. You're right. That it really is a, a flipping or a turning point, isn't it? Yes. And it's not, um, you know, sort of triumphalistic. Mm-mm. It's realistic, but it is so hopeful. Mm. And, you know, make us glad, he says, for as many days as you've afflicted us. In other words, mm-hmm. he, you know, the, the, the problems are still there. They're not going mm-hmm. into the promised land. But Moses knows that God can so send down his presence among them that their failures are not what are defining them anymore. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it gets even better than that. I mean, he goes, he goes on to say, let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. So he hasn't even given up on making an impact, you know, for mm-hmm. God and his generation. Yeah. Um, he's just accepting what, where they are. And he's saying, okay, so God, give us a kind of work that will outlive us. And I, I love mm. that. I think that's what draws me to the Psalm, the nobility of it. Um, mm. you, you know, let, God, let us do a work that's so deep that we can't even live to see the full measure of the glory. Um, mm. Show it to our children, you know. And of course, we, we know that's what happened because the gener- generations after that of Israelites who entered into the promised land were some of the best Israel, you know, generations of Israelites that ever lived. Mm. And, you know, they, they took the promise, they inhabited the land. Um, mm. They did amazing things. So clearly this generation, although they didn't inhabit the promised land, they did not waste their lives. Mm. Um, they So important. And they, and, they, and they must have, some of them anyway, passed, uh, passed the promise along, you know, so that, so that their children knew something of Yahweh, right? 
That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful picture to me of Moses training up Joshua Mm. to enter into a promised land that he was meant to enter into. Yeah. Um, And yet he has to pour all of his energy into another man so that that man can go on and, 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 you know, complete the mission, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, That's a, that's a beautiful picture of, well, servanthood and love and faith. Makes me think a lot about our own time, our own generation and making sure that uh, while I myself, I'm not a a parent, um, I'm, I'm, I'm leading a flock of folks, serving a flock of folks that have lots of little ones. And uh, uh, I, I think about how important it is that we uh, instill in them a fear of the Lord and a uh, respect for God's word. And it, man, that's just so important that we pass that along. What are we handing down? You know? Yes, exactly. Right. There's a, uh, there's a really great um, quote from Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, where he uses this passage and he says, uh, I'm going to butcher it, but he says, I'm like one tiny coral insect uh, helping to pile up uh, the rocks on which one day there will be an island and on which there will be lovely flowers and palm trees. He says, I'll do my work, though it be beneath the waves. I'll do my work and die, but the rock is rising. And I love that picture, you know, I mean, just like no one but Jesus gets to be both the author and the finisher of the faith. Mm -hmm. All the rest of us are just handing on the baton of the gospel Mm -hmm. and there's beauty and dignity in that. Mm -hmm. And, and it humbles us and that is so good for us. Wow! So I need, I need this Psalm. Beautiful. Well, take me, take me through those last few verses. How does that, uh, how does it how does it wind up? Yeah. Well, I think what's happening there from verses 12. So I think verses one and two, he's he's giving us the overarching picture. Uh, then verses three to eleven, he's painting a picture of what life is like under the sun because of sin. Then mm-hmm. in verses twelve to seventeen, he's showing us what it looks like to live with wisdom uh-huh. um, with the days that we have left. So so we ask God to to teach us to number our days, give us a, a real sense of, of the brevity of this life and put that sense down into our heart and we make it a heart of wisdom. Mm. And then I think we actually see what a heart of wisdom looks like. Um, wow. He's praying for the presence of God to so accompany them that every day, I mean, it says every, all our days, glad all our days, so that every day they're waking up and thinking, I get to walk with Jesus, if I can put it into New Testament terms. I get to walk with Jesus. This is a good day. However this goes, it's going to be good. And only then, I think that's the key to this psalm, only then when they have that, what what I'm calling it stabilizing joy, only when they have that stabilizing joy in God himself are they ready to do any work for him. And so, but then they pray for the work, you know, let your work, not our work, but your work be shown to your servants. And then the interesting thing there is how it flips around. Um, your work be shown to your servants, your glorious power to their children. 
let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work. It, he doesn't say of your hands. Yeah. Now that's fascinating to me because I would have expected it to say establish the work of your hands, yeah. but it's establish the work of our hands. So yeah, the picture is him putting his work into our hands. That's amazing. Oh, that's I mean, I wouldn't say that if it was it wasn't in the Bible. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, we, yeah, we'd be a little timid to like thrust that upon ourselves or on our listeners. But you're right. It is that is that's exactly what it says right there. May the favor. This translation I have is the NIV. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. I love that. Man, what a great psalm. And that begins uh, what they call book four. I guess our Psalter is broken up in five different books, right? So this this is the start of uh, book four. And uh, man, this would be the kind of psalm I hope I hope those that are listening or watching will will drag out their Bibles at some point today and just be able to feast on Psalm 90. It's just really rich. Yeah. Thank you for Thank you for calling this to our attention, TJ. I wonder, would you uh, would you lead us in a prayer uh, uh, over this psalm and or over our ourselves as we approach God? I know our our uh, you know ancient one of the ancient church fathers was that Athanasius. I think said the psalms not only speak to us, but they speak for us. Yes. And uh, and I know so many folks who have told me that they begin each day praying through the psalms, and I. I, I want to develop that habit a little bit more myself. I'm not quite as disciplined as some of those I've talked to, but um, but I'm on these Friday uh, chats with other pastors. Been trying to trying to take a moment to what what is the prayer of Psalm 90 that we could pray, TJ? You yeah, know? I'd be I'd be happy to pray it. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I mean, there's both th- there are things to confess, and there. But more than that, there, there's, there's a destiny to deeply receive here. Ah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah, I'd be happy to pray. Let's do it. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that your grace is so super abounding to us. You really are our dwelling place. Um, if everything else were suddenly to be taken away from us, we would be just as secure in you and in your grace and in your love, in your provision, as we would if we had everything in this world. And so we thank you that you are our dwelling place. And God, we admit that we are prone to triviality, to not number our days, that we, that we're, we're, we think small thoughts of ourselves. And we dishonor you by thinking trivially about ourselves. And we pray, Father, that you would teach us to number our days, teach us wise urgency, not just in theory, but put that sense of uh, brevity in our hearts so that we make the best use of the time, as your word says. And God, the whole point of this, of being alive, of reality is to know you and to enjoy you. So God, whatever you have picked out for us to do, that's great. We want most of all though, just to be in your presence, to walk with you, 
to know Jesus Christ and to enjoy him. So, Father, we pray that you would send down your presence in great abundance, the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that even today, I pray especially for you know, whoever's out there listening that feels distant from you, um, maybe like they, they haven't done enough um, disciplined things to enjoy your presence. They don't deserve your presence. Father, we don't deserve your presence. But you love to give your presence to all those who hold out the empty hands of faith. So that's what we're doing now. We pray that you surprise us and that you make us glad. And, Father, in so doing, that you give us your work. Put your work into our hands. We want to we labor where you are laboring. Mm-hmm. And we want our work to be established. We want our lives to matter. And we want that because we know you want it for us. Why else did you give us this prayer except that we would pray it to you? So would you establish a lasting work? Uh, through everyone who is listening, uh, such that years from now, generations from now, we look back and we're surprised by how much you did through our lives. We ask in the holy name of Christ. Amen. 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 Pastor TJ Timms from Emmanuel Nashville, thank you so much for uh, being with us today here on the podcast. I hope you come back and do it again sometime soon. And uh, I'm sure I'm going to see you here around the neighborhood. Okay. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for listening to today's study. Take a moment to leave a review and share this episode with friends and family. You can stay connected by signing up for our newsletter or follow us on social media. At the Village Chapel, we believe God's word is unique in its source, timeless in its truth, broad in its reach and transforming in its power. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com.